Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who love to read. Readers who love to write. And anyone who loves words. words. So today we are super excited to have Chandra Bloomberg with us. And Chandra is a writer who just sold her debut novel, Digging Up Love. And she has some of the funniest, I think, some of the funniest Instagram posts ever. Like it just, they're so relatable. They're super engaging. She's just a great, a great connecting point in the writing community on Instagram. And we've had so much fun kind of getting to know her there a little bit. And we're super excited to get to talk to her live now here. So yay. Welcome, Chandra. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Our pleasure. We always kind of start at the same point with authors that we have on talking about if you wanted to share about your first connections or first memories of stories or a specific story that you enjoyed growing up uh, anything within that so for me reading has sort of always been in my life and to the point where i sort of just i feel like i see in writing in a sort of way so for me yeah books have just been pretty much a constant since i can remember and so Let's see, early, earliest ones is just pretty much anything that my mom had lying around. She used to own a bookstore, just a small one oh, out wow. of our house, really? um, which that came later, but she just always had books. So I would yeah. sort of go to the shelf and, you know, the just so stories. I loved things like that. Um, fables were really big early on. And yeah. then as I got older, Austin, anything Austin. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Little woman, that sort of thing. Actually, my son just found on our bookshelf this little book called Sweetie and Petey, and I'm sure no one has heard of it. <laughs> yes, I don't think so. Um, but it's about two skunks, um, a girl skunk and a boy skunk, who don't want to play with each other because they think that, you know, the other person is no fun. And then <laughs> they wind up seeing that they can be great friends. And, you know, have so. But I sort of started wondering, is that what I started loving romance? Because obviously, there's, yeah. you know, not no romance, but they saw, oh, you know, it's okay to play with a girl <laughs> I noticed that the other day. I'm like, I remember Sweetie and Petey. It was sort of this great story about these skunks and he loves pirates and she loves, you know, these dolls, but they come together and, you know, play together. But anyway, it was just kind of funny. I love that. (laughs) And when did you like decide that you wanted to write then? Like, when did it go from loving stories to I want to do this? That's another thing where I could say that no matter what that I've wanted to do, which I wanted to be a vet at one point and like mm-hmm. an Olympic anything, <laughs> like just cycling through. but I always also wanted to be a writer. So, you know, I was like, I would like to be um, an Olympian and then, you know, write a memoir or whatever. So it was sort of just something that I always wanted to do was to be a writer, no matter what. I love that. It's, it's so interesting to me to hear like, I, I love when people know so early. Like, I didn't. <laughs> it's so fascinating to me when people just know right away. Like, this is what I want to do. That's great. Yes, I definitely didn't think that it would happen. <laughs> <laughs> which sounds pessimistic. But I think that you always hear, um, which is why I try to be so encouraging. You always yeah. hear that it's sort of lightning striking. And, you know, if, if you get a book deal or if, you know, you get to pursue your dreams. So I don't, especially, you know, with the rise of indie publishing and things like that. But even uh, the traditional route, I don't think so. I think that it's a matter of, you know, putting in the time and, you know, keeping learning and it's definitely doable. So I wish that I wouldn't have given into that, that lie that it's not achievable. 
That's so encouraging to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I I think, oh, it's never going to happen. To be fair, I'm on like my 40th rejection letter. (laughs) Well, you know, you hear that. It's, you know, everyone goes through, I mean, I have my share of rejections and, you know, you hear so many bestselling authors that have stacks and stacks of them. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you start pursuing writing seriously and start like deciding you wanted to, to get an agent and do all that? I would say very seriously was a couple years ago. Prior to that, I sort of was just fitting in writing around the kids really in in a small way. But I received my degree in English for um, teaching secondary ed. So for teaching high schoolers. And I was getting close to the point where I was going to go back to work. And I always had this at the back of my mind that I wanted to be a writer. So I thought, if I'm going to go for this, it's sort of now or never, because with four kids, if I'm teaching, it's going to be, you know, I'm not going to find the time. So that's when I sort of thought, okay, this would be a good time if I'm going to do it. And is this, this book that you just sold, is that the first one that you started working on? Or did you write another one or query another one before that? Or um, I, So in college, I wrote a terrible, a terrible novel. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. It will just, I even at one point, like, I think it was like eight years ago, I came to my mom and I was like, you know, I'm thinking about working on that, that book that I wrote like freshman year. She's like, I think you could always try something new. <laughs> So like if your mom doesn't like it, it's it's probably no good. Um, but it was also a romance. Um, so obviously I've always loved that. But it was about a woman who goes to Italy and falls in love with a free diver. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like people who can dive um, very deep in the ocean with just like their breath. Without tanks or yeah, yeah. So I saw I saw yeah I saw a Discovery Channel special about it, and I was like, oh. But, you know, I had no idea about any, really any of, I've never been to Italy, you know, <laughs> I've never freed them. So it was not a great topic for me to. <laughs> but the first, I guess, real manuscript, if you can say that, but the first serious one was my mom humor book that I spent a good part of last year querying. And that's shelved now. There, there is That's a, a nonfiction? Really, it's a nonfiction. And so for nonfiction, you really have to have that's a- hard yeah a a big following yeah so and also for the mom things you need to be willing to sort of share your family and that Mm. was something that I don't share photos of my kids on Instagram it's just a personal choice I realized you know people are going to have a hard time reading a book from me if they don't get to see my family life so um, that's why I sort of turned to fiction at that even though I love encouraging moms yeah well and that's completely what we've gotten out of the stuff that you share we're both moms who write and seeing that reality and that encouraging those moments like it helps and when we're you know when I'm going through a difficult day to to see that stuff reflected back that's been so encouraging and it's so open by sharing those parts of it even if it's not showing the pictures sharing the reality yeah, oh, that I'm glad because I want to do, and I know it's hard because I don't share photos of kids, but I'm like I am, and I am living that all the time. Yes. So I you can know still tell. Yeah. Yes. Do you have any <laughs> advice for other moms writing and trying to squeeze in writing be- between kids and all the other crazy stuff? <laughs> um, well, first of all, I'd say don't put the pressure on yourself because, like I said. Mm-hmm. Up until recently, I was definitely on the back burner. I feel like, you know, when I had newborns, I did not even read. 
Yeah. For a long time. I, yeah. 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 No. I, I remember I got my smartphone, which shows how old I am. But I got my smartphone with like one of the babies, and I was like, oh, now I can read on, you know, my phone. And this is so cool. But I never did. Like at night, you know, when you're nursing, I didn't. I yeah. just was like watching TV. I just couldn't. <laughs> So I think it's totally normal to, and some people can't, yeah. some people just have a baby and they're just going at it. So everyone's different. So, but if it's you, that's not able to do that, then I would say that's okay. Go ahead and wait. You know, you're not going to lose yeah. out on your ability to write. It's never going anywhere. It's okay. If it, and also everything that you do as a mother, it's just giving you, you know, more inspiration eventually when you're not so exhausted yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can pull from it. That's one of the things I love about writing is that you're never too old for it, you know, and you can kind of start at any time and everything in your life feeds into it. Like it's all inspiration and material that you can use. So where did you get the idea for this book that you just sold Digging Up Love? Um, (laughs) So another sort of article, not Discovery Channel, but clearly I feel like I have that sort of a theme. So, you know, it's about this dinosaur bone discovered on someone's property. And I, I don't know how long ago it was, but there was an article that came out about a mammoth being discovered on a farmer's land in um, Michigan. And so I started thinking, what if it was a dinosaur? Because to be honest, my kids are just obsessed with dinosaurs. There's a lot of dinosaurs and I love dinosaurs. I realized one of my first, yeah, Instagram (laughs) posts was like, I was wearing Jurassic Park shirt. (laughs) Love it. Clearly. I love dinosaurs. And I also love you on your Instagram, you do a lot of baking and kind of sharing those elements of it. And it sounds like that is also reflected in the novel as well. Yes. Is that correct? Yes, but Alicia is a much better baker than I am. So <laughs> the readers won't have to deal with the catastrophes that sort of happen in my she's a professional. <laughs> but I do love to watch, you know, food shows and read food blogs and everything. So that was sort of my inspiration for her. And I love to eat great desserts. So oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so fun to write about for sure. And okay, so I have a question. This is something just I've struggled with. So I love romance, but it's only been like the last few years that I've been able to say that out loud. Does that make sense? Like there's kind of this stigma around it and this like idea around romance and romance and author authors. And so I'm curious a little bit, like, have you faced that at all? And what was that like um, if you did to work past that or to, to really come to a place where you're like, no, I want to write about this? Well, I definitely think so to a certain extent, because I come from a very conservative family, but also a family where I grew up watching Meg Ryan, you know, sure. yeah, Meg, yeah, yeah so, totally. Um, so yeah, so there was that sort of, there's definitely the stigma about, you know, different levels of heat in romance. Yeah. Um, yes. Some people aren't com- aren't comfortable with the high heat and they think that it's all the high heat, but there's all sorts of romance for all different people. And I was sort of worried that if I write, you know, the sort of romance that I want to, will there be a place for it? And the answer is yes, because there Mm -hmm. is. So I feel like, you know, it's the same thing with fantasy or so many other genres. They run the gamut, you know, there's cozy mysteries or there's the really gritty sort of dark (laughs) mysteries. I don't know. I feel like it's interesting how violence is sometimes more acceptable, but yeah. not like romantic yeah. love. And I don't, I don't know where that comes from. And I wonder if it's like, because it's a feminine thing in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, and also romance readers are women typically. Yeah. Not yes. that guys can't read it and they, they do. 
Um, but in general, they're women. And so I wonder, is that because it's, you know, something that women enjoy and that's why it's kind of gotten a bad rap. But yeah. either way, I think it's great that you're enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> and it shouldn't have that stigma because it's a wonderful yeah. genre and there's so much diversity in the genre. There's really something for everyone. So yeah, I agree. Absolutely. The more I really started reading it into the genre, like there is just so much diversity and so much yes. and such interesting stories. Like the character development is always really I feel like it's sometimes more well done than other books and just has this, yeah, I don't know. I love seeing the ways that the, the relationships can progress and that people can change each other and, and really be changed um, because of the relationship. So I love seeing that. Yes, that's what I love about it is the, not just the romantic relationships, which is amazing, but just the family, the friends. Yeah, all the totally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so what's it like to have your de- debut novel coming out soon? Like, do you have do you have a release date also yet, or like? Um, I don't. I'm um, thinking okay. by the end of this year, but not sure yet. But and then I've got the sequel is going to be coming out at some Why time, have... hopefully. Nice. Yeah, yeah, spring or summer next year. Yeah, it's it's surreal. To be honest. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, something that I, like you know I've always dreamed of, and like I said, I didn't really think would happen. Like, even though I wanted it to happen, I was like, yeah. no, it's not going to happen. So having it coming out, I'm like, wow. But I'm still very much in the editing process. So it's, yeah. it's not, yeah. it's sort of, I'm in the thick of things. So I haven't sort of gotten that far to, you know, be daydreaming about what it's, I'm like, skip through this. <laughs> <laughs> did you start out thinking it would be a series or was it a standalone? How, how um, did you approach that? So I, I wrote it as a standalone with series potential because, mm-hmm that's so typical in romance um, where it's, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to read them chronologically, but it's with someone else from the story. So in this case, it's her sister and it's got the same small town feel. Um, So I wrote that with that, that in mind. And I was excited because, you know, you never know if you're just going to sell one or um, both of them. So I'm excited that I get to tell the sister story because she's definitely more different than me than um, the first protagonist. So it's, you know, tapping into a different, um, different emotions, different characters. And have you started writing that second one yet then, or? I just, very rough. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sure. I still need to work through with my editor, some of the finer points and everything, but that's been, of course, put on the back burner now that I'm working through edits. Sure, but yeah, that was how I sort of passed the time in querying. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's so good to have some sort of distraction while you're yeah. And I was wondering, you know, you were talking about different kinds of romance. What is your kind of recipe for romance? What, how would you describe yours? Is it on the comedy side? Is it more kind of it's, dramatic? It's definitely a rom-com, um, but it has, it has more sort of poignant elements. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all laughs. It's not sort of, it does have, I guess, a little bit of slapstick, but it's, I say it's sort of mixed. So it's rom- romantic comedy, but it's not like a very, you're not just going to be crying your way through it. <laughs> you know, um, because that's just my personality. I like to yeah. laugh. And so I like to approach the weightier issues from um, the standpoint of humor. Um, mm-hmm. It's sort of, I guess, how I do everything because that was what I did with my mom book. Um, yeah. But I do like to talk about the heavier issues and I think that they have a place and I don't like to make light of them, but I do like to sort of have the space to breathe. Yeah, I think having that breathing room and that those little bits of humor in something can make those heavier or more poignant moments, like they weigh more almost, um, yes. or they land a little better when you have that space. So <laughs> maybe this sounds weird, but <laughs> do you have any advice for people who want to get better at writing humor? Like I, 
I am not funny by nature. <laughs> I really wish I was and I want to put more humor into my books or like make them a little lighter because I tend to be really in, in true Enneagram 4 fashion. I'm like all emotion. But I'm curious like if you have advice for that or if there's any practices or, or writing exercises that you've done that have been helpful or things like that. So I know there are some great books out there, but I haven't read them. They're okay. on my TV. <laughs> um, but like I've had people reference them. But to me, I feel like when I'm reading, so much of humor is about the pacing. Mm. So if you yeah. can just, you know, slow down how you deliver the line that's going to, you know, bring it and sort of work within your scene. So you're not just rushing it out there. And it doesn't have to just be funny innately. It can happen to be funny because of the way you present it. So I feel like presentation is really what steals the sort of humor element of it because, you know, it's not necessarily funny that you're doing laundry six times a week. Like, <laughs> but if, you know, you present it in a way that you're like, you know, climbing the Everest of laundry, or, you know, yeah. then it comes a little funny, even though it's not necessarily funny. Um, That's absolutely yeah. funny. <laughs> Yeah, I would say pacing for me is, is the biggest thing that I try to work at when I am writing a scene that I want to be funny. It's great. I hadn't thought of that before, but that, yeah, that's really good. Do you have any advice about doing dialogue or the banter back and forth? I know that you mentioned you love banter. I do. So I I, know. <laughs> I, it's, uh, my first drafts, I feel like they look like uh, movie scripts because yeah. it's just like all dialogue. And then I have to go back and add, you know, description and sensory details and everything. Because that's what comes to me first. I feel like that's how the characters are telling me their story. Then go flesh it out. But I feel like um, being really free when you're writing dialogue. So, you know, a lot of times if we're writing, like, for instance, description, you sort of go in there with like a fine tooth comb and you're looking at a room and you're trying to like nail everything. But I feel like with dialogue, just sort of let the words flow and pretend like you're talking to the people in your head. Sort yeah. of thing, you know, and just let them say what they want to say because you can always go back and edit it later. But it's just sort of that free flow. And, and you'd be surprised. I feel like I'm sure you've had this experience where you're like, but they just said that. I yeah. had no idea that they were mad, but they just, you know. That's my favorite thing when, author, favorite. when characters just surprise you out of the blue. Like, yes, yeah. It makes writing fun and unpredictable. Yes. And I, I think that's so wise about not censoring um, because we do tend to kind of judge what it is we're working on before we even really start. Yeah. It's like, how do you even do self-discovery of your work unless you're willing to just put it out there. Yeah, especially dialogue. I feel like there's been so many times when I might dial back from what the person said or did, but it was like an aha moment, definitely. And okay, so I want to know a little bit of like what your dreams are for the future. So you're you're about to, to release your first debut novel, like you have the second one planned, like, yeah, what, what do you hope moving forward? Um, well, so someone a while ago asked on Twitter, which are you guys on Twitter? I don't know if I... I am on Twitter and I do okay. follow you there. Okay. I really enjoy your tweets. Okay. But I'm like rarely on it. I get okay. so overwhelmed looking at the Twitter. I know. There's so many platforms. Like, it's totally... You have yeah. to pick and choose. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I happen to see someone... What They asked, you know, sort of what are your what are your writing goals? And I remember my first response was, you know, I want to put out at least a book a year until... Mm. I retire, which if I yeah. want to retire, and I, I hadn't really thought about it until then, but I thought, yeah, that sounds like something I'd love to do. I'd love to yeah. just write a lot. Mm -hmm. And certain genres, romance lends itself to that. 
you know, some genres like fantasy, they might only put out a book every five years or something, sure. huge, you know, really in-depth ones. And I don't know if I'll always be writing romance, of course, but I just, I love the idea of being a prolific writer and because awesome. it'd be great to continue with this. That's, that's the dream, just to keep doing what I love. Yeah. So I have really enjoyed watching um, the tools and the resources that you've talked about on Instagram and what you use yeah, kind of to to manage different parts of your writing process. I was wondering if you'd be willing to kind of talk about that some, any, any tools or resources or any you part of like that. Books or? Well, even um, like sticky notes and um, oh. you talked about colored pens and yes. which I am, I am a glitter pen person. When I saw it, the post about glitter yes. pens, I'm like, I'm here for that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So much of that I feel like is in the planning stages. Usually someone had recommended, you know, using index cards for scene cards and then using a sticky note on that, like for character. So yeah. that's one thing that I've done. The issue with me using my things is I don't have a desk <laughs> so I sort of becomes I mean I have a desk I shouldn't say that I have a desk but I got my desk right before COVID and so my kids have been using it as the evil <sighs> that's me too area. my kids do so yeah, so I'm sure, yes yeah so I sort of have to pick up and move everything and yeah. I am very much like a visual I like things down on paper so I do my actual like drafting on the computer, but a lot of it is by hand. So mm. that's when I like to sort of pull out the color codes for character. Um, I have a notebook, which is another thing that I read. I think it was um, James Scott Bell um, recommended, and I'm sure many people do having a, a notebook for each um, book that you're working on. Okay. So I kept each character with their own color, uh, each of the main characters and then like settings and sort of things so that I can go back through and be constantly adding to that. And then I kind of sort of flip through when I'm going to write a new scene. And then also, I saw a workshop about creating a series Bible. So are you guys working on a series? I have worked on series before, but not right now. Yeah. So but did I, you? I haven't done a series, series Bible, but I've heard about okay. doing it. Did you yeah. do one? Or like? Oh, I started one. Obviously, I've just written the first in this series, yeah. but even... Um, so I get with the color coding, but that came, comes in really handy because you can um, use one color for the first book and then you can yeah. sort of build off that. You use a different color for the second book so that when you're scanning through, you see sort of when you added people yeah. because it's only the two books. Um, but what I found that super helpful for with only one book was characters names. So I had an issue where two were super similar and like I didn't even realize. And so writing it out and seeing the list of all the people, even like the one, you know, once one time that you've named them, seeing them written down. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I was like, <laughs> I, I, I should have known that, I'm sure. But I feel like it's so oh, easy that's to That's a great idea. It's it is. so um, easy to do. Like, yeah. I had four characters in my last book that all had their names start with A. And I didn't even realize yeah. until a beta reader pointed it out. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, or the first and last are the yeah. same. And it's just easy when you're like, oh, no. But <laughs> I felt like seeing them in that series Bible when I had listed yeah. them all, it really, it was an eye opener because I was like, okay, now I can easily see why I might need to rename. <laughs> But yeah, I'd say it's just, I like to keep it portable in a sense, even though I'm just constantly, I shove everything sort of into that writing notebook and then I can move to a different spot. Eventually I would love to get like a whiteboard or something and 
I just got a huge whiteboard and it's oh, been like great. the best thing ever. Yes, that's <laughs> Jot everything lovely. down on it and I can see it all. Yeah. It's usually like my kitchen table. Like I just, you yeah. know, put all the cards out there and I, then I can sort of, you know, rearrange yeah. them around. But that's so important, visualizing. I think what we're talking about right here, visualizing the information. Sometimes you just need to see it all yeah. at once to even really catch those things that, that I think you're creating. And there's something powerful, I think, about getting your hands on it in some way. Like when it's all on the computer, you can't, I don't know, it's a different way of interacting with it when you can actually move things around and piece them together and see them in a different light. For editing as well. And I wait until later, but I always have to print it out and catch, yeah. you know, I feel like three times yeah. more errors yeah. um, <laughs> when it's on the printed page then. And it's something, you know, I've read 20 times, especially if I'm doing a lot of shifting around. Uh, it's a lot easier to flip through and say, okay, this chunk goes here than if I'm cutting and pasting. Nice. I, you've given tons of great advice throughout this conversation, but if there's anything that you'd, um, you know, any advice that you have for someone who's looking to quarry, look, who's, you know, looking to work with trying to be traditionally published or, you know, anyone who's just wanting to set out in writing, do you have any, just any advice? So I would say that the biggest thing is, you know, determine your goal. So if you want to be a traditionally published author of, you know, novels, if you want to be a freelance writer, or if you just want to learn about writing, you know, determine your goal, um, because it's going to be different. Your approach is going to be different based on what you're doing. You know, there are people that are on Instagram that I follow that are part of the indie author community, and they go about things a certain way because they're indie authors. And so it's very specific to that market. And there is crossover, definitely. But you, I would say, follow the people who you you know, want to emulate and you want to sort of have that and also follow other people, but you know, in the posts and in what they're sharing, really pay attention to um, what people are using with the same goals as you. We can all learn from everyone, but in terms of getting, you know, getting to where you want to be, you want to make sure that you're going around about it in the right way, because otherwise I feel like, you know, we're sort of spinning our wheels. (laughs) And so when it comes to querying, I feel like this is the biggest thing that you see, you know, on Twitter and everything is people bashing agents and editors and don't do that, (laughs) you know, because first of all, it's terrible, you know, it's rude. Um, But also they're, they're out there. And I I heard from an agent and it was sort of a light bulb moment. They're working for free until they get you a book deal. So they're out there reading all these submissions, all these things, you know, they're not getting paid for that. That's, they get paid when, when the author gets paid. And so I just think that people need to have a greater respect for that end of the table. And if you think about, you know, the volume of submissions that they're receiving and everything. So um, to have respect when you're, when you're querying and realize there's a person on the other end of it, which I feel like most people do, but it can sort of get, if you get frustrated, you know, okay. so I feel like it, in that sense, it's good to have maybe a really close friend or a family member that you can vent <laughs> yeah, sure. you know, <laughs> about the process on, instead of going on social media, you know, sure. where you don't need to be yeah. <laughs> doing that. But I think that there are some, there are some great like querying events, which I talked about in my, um, in my yeah, sure. querying. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. Twitter pitch events are great. And also cold querying is how I found my agent. So I would yeah. definitely say it's don't not do that. Do do that. <laughs> <laughs> because you can totally, you know, find an agent that way. I think the more eyes you get on your query letter, the better. I had some friends who really yeah. just tore mine apart. And it was great because <laughs> it came back so much better. Um, mm-hmm. It's sort of almost as hard as writing the book. We all know this. Yeah. 
I think sometimes harder because you have to condense yes. everything so much. Yes. <laughs> synopsis for me. I like yeah, how am I supposed horrible. to fit it, fit it in a page? Totally. I just yeah. And then um, your first three chapters also just nail those, get as many eyes on them as possible. I think mm-hmm. that has been the biggest shift for me from going sort of from being a hobby writer to trying to make it a career is sharing my work. Yeah. So I kind of used to be terrified that everyone's going to just steal my stuff. <laughs> Which they wouldn't have wanted to before. Not that they would now, but they definitely wouldn't have wanted to, you know. <laughs> but, you know, find someone that you trust. Obviously, yeah. some people do find people on um, social media. Uh, I haven't necessarily found anyone that way. But, you know, go to um, writers groups like in person. Yeah. And, you know, just make other writer friends and then let people read your work and listen. I feel like that's helped me grow so much. I really honestly thought, I kind of thought that, hey, I'm going to write this amazing book and, and I'll sell it and become a bestseller. And then I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many different um, people involved in it, you know, from yeah. your critique group to your beta readers, to your agent, to your editor. Everyone is, you know, giving you feedback and your story improves so much because of yeah. that. So it's definitely not a solitary yeah. Um, sport unless you want it to be and that's your goal to just write for your own I totally agree I think that sharing my work has improved my writing more than anything else because you just learn so much from other writers that it is scary it's scary it's scary (laughs) yes it is is scary yeah I just I still like when I read it aloud in a group I'm like I my voice is shaking I'm like this is I know these people they're not gonna like yell at me but this is intense yeah how did you find um, writers groups like locally or is that kind of, yeah, um, how did you go about that? So I actually was looking forever and I wasn't able to find any um, or yeah. any close enough to make it feasible. And then I went to a workshop at our library about how to talk to agents and editors, which I wasn't there yet. But, yeah. um, and that's when I found out that there was a group that met at our library that I somehow had, was never able to find out about. ACFW, um, the Christian Fiction Writers Yeah, group. yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I joined that, and then I, um, I recently joined RWA, the Romance Writers of America, but I haven't, it's been all virtual, so I'm looking sure. forward to it right <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so I sort of stumbled upon. Um, That's great. I wouldn't have thought of checking local libraries, but that makes Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, normally we would meet at the library, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Chandra. And I just really look forward to just watching your your career yes. as you go forward and, and reading your book. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so <laughs> much. <excited. laughs> Sounds wonderful. Thanks very much. It was it's such really a pleasure. Fun. Thank you so much, Chandra. Thank you.